this week on the show. I actually got to the point where I just cocked the pistol. I was about to shoot myself. I had, all I had to do was pull the trigger. And that's what What If was about. It was a very life changing moment for me. Right. And, 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 and I look back and this is probably 35 years ago that it happened probably. And I realized had I pulled the trigger, all this life I'd lived up to this moment would not have happened. Lisa Crawford. And when I made that decision to proceed, believe me, I, this happiness, I right. wanted to go up on the mountaintop and just shout out, I Bali me, you know? Actor, writer, director, producer. And, um, it was a lot of the Oscar films from those days. I mean, people from Charlie Chaplin with Gone in the Wind and all these old classics. Right. And I used to look at this thing and dream about it. I said, you know, one day I want to get to America. I want to become a filmmaker, you know, yeah. uh, and and that that's where the passion dream. And I remember when I was about 12, I just grabbed a camera and, and I made my first film. But not a great film. Her show Pink is In is now streaming on Bell 5 TV One. When we wrapped, I went up to Carolyn and I said, you know what? We have mm. to do a prison comedy. I said, there is Orange is the New Black right. and Wordsworth from Australia, but they all dramas. I said, we should do uh, comedy. So I had this idea and I said, it must be a poorly run uh, prison, privately run prisons that that this warden has to think of these creative ways to stay afloat and came at the moment and Bell was on the phone. I said, I have to take this. <laughs> he said, uh, we would like to go forward with the, your show. And I said, oh my God. Let's talk to Lisa Crawford on the Very Creative Podcast. Lisa Crawford, how's it going? Very well. Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> no problem. Finally, uh, I meet you. I see you liking all my posts and thank you for that. And uh yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you're, you're promoting your show, Pink is In, right there. Yes. The prison outfit. Congrats on that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so introduce yourself to everyone. Well, I'm uh, Lisa Crawford. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. I am a filmmaker. I actually started, uh, I've got into the business very late in life. Yeah. It was a childhood dream of mine. And then when my son grew up and left home and I said, you know what, I want to do something that I, I love to do. Right. So I, I started off uh, with doing background. I was on a film called um, Ken. It was James Franco's film. And okay. we had these reactions and I had so much fun doing it. And I was watching the director direct the actors. And I said, you know what, I think I can do that. Right. So in um, the 17th of December, this was 2016, I said, I'm going to start taking acting lessons. So I took uh, acting lessons in Niagara Falls from uh, Livingston, Beaumont. And 2017, I landed a few small roles. And then 2018, I got my first actor credit on Umbrella Academy. And that's where I met Trish. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We just connected. And then 2018, I produced my first two films followed by meeting up with some amazing people like Aaron and Darren. Um, I produced another two films, and then we got a bunch of people together to 
do a co-op, actual co-op, Pinkazen, and we submitted it and we got picked up and the rest is history. <laughs> Congrats again. It's nice. awesome. Um, I'm so, I'm so happy I get to talk to you because, uh, you have my dream job, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, creating a, a show and, uh, I think it greenlit is really awesome you know it's uh not many shows get greenlit and uh, that's great so yeah um talk a bit about you you grew up in south africa right yes i grew up in south africa durban uh, right during apartheid and uh, it was a very very conservative country yeah and uh, i never liked uh, agreed with the policies there in south africa so I remember I used to drive past the airport in Johannesburg at the airport and I'd look at these international planes and I said, one of these days I'm going to jump on that plane and I'm going to be leaving Africa. <laughs> and right. eventually I did. Yeah, well, you did it. So growing up there and uh, did you always uh, have that creative side of you uh, in there or boiling in there? Um, there was a, a book when I was a kid, my father had this book um and i can actually show it yeah. with this background if it's going to show <laughs> yeah. but i had this book it was a 1940s book um and it was it was a cigarette company that distributed them in england and south africa and you had to collect these cards and and put the pictures in in them and um, it was a lot of the oscar films from those days i mean people from charlie chaplin with gone the wind and all these old classics. And I used to look at those things and dream about it. I said, you know, one day I want to get to America. I want to become a filmmaker, you know, uh, and and that's where the passion dream. And I remember when I was about 12, I just grabbed a camera and I was, because my father had one of those eight millimeter camera. It didn't even have batteries back then. You had to wind it up. Yeah. And I made my first film, a lot of great films. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I always had the passion for that. And, you know, as people grow up, they end up in other careers. I ended up in the casino business. And oh, wow. yeah. it was really nice finally coming to realize my dream in filmmaking. And, and this is, I remember I was actually doing background on a show, Designated Survivor, and they were using right. my car and I was in that. And I was sitting there and it, and it just hit me. I said, Wow my dream is actually happening. <sighs> I I didn't get to America, but I got to somewhere even better. I came to Canada, which is the same yeah. you know, living standards as the United States with, without all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> and here I was on right. the set, just watching this music movie magic take yeah. place. So it was it was really so surreal that day. And then just, just when it hit me. Yeah. How is that working in the casino business? Were you enjoying that? I actually loved it. Um, I think I started, I did an apprenticeship with Otis Elevators. And um, I remember the very first day I started, I saw this old man in his 60s. He was approaching retirements in the overall and with the toolbox. I said, that is not going to be me. You know, so... Mm. Uh, so as soon as I qualified, I heard about the casino business and I got into the casino business and I loved it because it was entertainment. Right. So I actually, from there, I ended up uh, living in Curacao in the Caribbean. I started as a wow. technician there and I worked my way up. Eventually I was running five casinos 
slot operations. So I was there for about 20 years before I actually immigrated to Canada. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the, you, you've got quite a journey. It's, a, it's really impressive. Uh, so many of us like young people want to uh, do like for me, I speak for myself, I want to create a show and I, I mm. want to write and but it's so it, it, it feels like it's so much more easier once you've lived a lot of life. And it seems like you did, right? Uh, it does help, you know, having uh, because I, I've traveled, I've traveled Europe, I went to a little bit of I went to Israel. Um, I've been to South America, Central America. So I have traveled. Mm. So it does help me understanding different cultures around the world, you know, and it, it teaches you to accept people for right. who they are yeah. and what they are. And, um, but I would say not necessarily, if you have a dream, I always, the biggest advice I can give to anybody yeah. is I say, have two P's and it's perseverance and passion. Hmm. Say passion comes first and then perseverance. If you have a goal and you have a, a, a dream, fight on, push on. The day you give up on your dream is the day your dream dies. Right. Wow. That's so powerful. I think, it, I think it's, uh, it's no matter what age you are, just you do have to, you, you get faced with so many obstacles, but don't let it put you down. Yeah, it's you not know, easy. I was reading a book and they said they were touching on, on how many doors get shut, shut in their face or, or how many times they get a no before they yes. So I always try and turn things into a positive way. And the way I, they say, the more no's you get, the closer you're getting to a yeah. yes, you know, yeah. because people say, you know, you'll get maybe 20 no's to one yes. It means you are going to get that yes. So just right. keep <laughs> yeah so what was that like to finally because you've talked a, a little bit about uh being a background and uh seeing other people direct and do other things in the film industry but what was that like finally stepping into those shoes and just doing it well talk a bit about the first project you you did as a as a creator as a director uh and what was that like I was, um, yeah, I started, as I said, uh, doing a bit of background, 2017, I started getting quite a few roles and I was just taking whichever roles. I helped out students, um, you know, did quite a bit of work and not getting paid, but I knew it was a growing, uh, something you have to grow. And I had a really great um, acting coach, Livingston. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I was actually on a set in 2018 and I met another woman who happened to be South African and she made a lot of horror films, Deborah, and she's really done well as a filmmaker. And I said, you know, I, I want to make a film. And she says, you know what, just do it. And she showed me that she made her first film with a, just a regular cam, a little small digital camera. So I said, I'm going to do it. So uh, my very first film I did it with her, it was called What If? And um, it was a subject I'm very passionate about. Uh, I did a suicide prevention and awareness yeah. film called What If? Uh, it was, um, and we filmed that. It was just a matter of two days. We filmed that. Um, I submitted it to film festivals, and that's what I strongly recommend if somebody wants to get into is submits your films because it's a way of getting recognition. So that film, I had about six acceptances 
And then in the same year, I worked on Death Game, which to me was my biggest learning uh, thing, was a friend of mine, Teresa Jacobs, wrote this script and was actually based on one of her, her novels, um, right. Death. And um, so she wrote the script for me. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to grab a few friends and just make the film. But I ended up connecting with some a lot of students and we did it as a collaboration. I financed the film. I think the film cost me about $1,500 to make. But I had such good, passionate people around me and they wanted the experience. And I, I met this woman, uh, Natasha Kennedy. What a great woman to work with. Um, and we're hoping we're going to work again together soon. Um, and she helped and we created Death Game. And it was such a really good learning uh, experience for me. And I, I learned so much from the students. But one of the things I took, and, and I would say this to any any filmmaker out there, it's it's, a, it's advice comes from my acting coach, dare to be different. Mm. And I, I said, when I come to produce my films, I don't want to just, uh, just do a regular play it safe film. I want to do something out of the box, right. you know, to be be different, dare to be different, do something different. So I did that with Death Game, especially the end credits. Um, I had a different way where, because Death Game dealt with a demon who's summoned through a, a game, I actually had the end credits done with a, uh, a phone with swiping the end credits. And, and I got that done for really a good price from a, a a website called Fiverr.com, which is spelled like five with an extra yeah, R. I know it. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you can get these people all over the world and you can get some really creative things done for, I think I paid about like a hundred dollars Canadian to get this done. So I had that. And then the, I was actually on set when I, and CBC did an article on me and the reason they did the article is because I am transgender. Yeah. I found there was still a bit of transphobia within the film right. business. When I was applying for transgender roles, some of them were telling me, no, I, I don't look transgender enough. I look too much like a woman. And then when I applied for woman roles, I'm too big, I'm too tall, you know. <laughs> so what a struggle. <laughs> I, yeah, they asked, you know what, I'm going to do my own work. And I'm all about inclusive and diversity. Yeah. So they did this article and I was actually on set on Titans. And um, this gentleman sat just behind me and he turned around and says, are you Lisa Crawford? I said, yes. And he said, oh, I read the article. It happened to be uh, Darren Stewart-Jones. And we started talking and uh, he says, you know, he, he was a playwright. He's been very successful. Is he a writer on the show? Uh, he's he's actually involved in Pinkerton. He's our, our script editor, a casting director, and one of yeah. the coaches. And what was he doing on Titans? Uh, we were just doing background. Okay, okay. And um, so anyway, he told me he, he wants to do one of his plays uh, to film. And there's a, enters another very important person in my life was Aaron. Right. Uh, Aaron is uh, Israeli. He's uh, director, and and we really connected. I volunteered for a project for him years ago, and we stayed stayed in contact. So um, I always tell this to everybody that it's there was a transgender, a Jew, and a gay guy going yeah. to night diner at four a.m. in the morning, 
and it was Wimpies, and we had this, and we happened to be a writer, a producer, and director. And we, the four, three of us got together and said, you know what, we need to make a film. We need to, we want to create films. One month later, we produced our first film, Digging Up Dorothy. You know, and it was one of Darren's uh, screenplays. We converted it from a play to a, a film. And then we did his second film, Stroke of Fate, which uh, we actually managed to get one of Canadian's top actresses, Sheila McCarthy, uh, to oh. play one of the leads. And that, that was really amazing. That, And that's something that people must realize is that you'd be very much surprised that if you do reach out to some of these big actresses, sometimes they want to help independent filmmakers. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I have to say the person that's also been supporting me and helped me financing is uh, my wife, Gina. Uh, okay. She supported me and we were doing this show, Are You Curious, which we're still working. It's a little bit of our pets. Yeah, my wife, Gina, she backed us up and and she uh, helped. And so, so she's also involved in the show. Uh, she's also has one of the leads, I mean, sorry, one of the, the small roles she plays, Gia, in right. Pink. And so, um, yeah, it's just a matter, what I've learned is it's a matter of getting the right people together. One of the f- most important things I've learned is you cannot do it alone. Hmm. You need a team, you need good collaboration. And very most important is you all have to work together. You can have creative differences, hmm. but ultimately you have to, you have to sort of put egos aside and look at the project. That's yeah. the most important thing. And, yeah. um, and, and I always think of a production being like a clock with all the gears. It all has to work, everybody. And, and we were very fortunate when we filmed Pinkers in, we had this magical feeling on the show. Every cast and crew wanted to be there on the show. It was just so magical. Yeah, yeah. Um, you talk about uh, working with other people and as a writer myself, I, I find it very difficult because I, I want to control everything and I've tried uh, working with people. Uh, it has sometimes worked, it has sometimes failed, um, but it's, it's hard to collaborate with people when, once you, like, when you have a vision. When, when you have yeah. a vision and you you know w- w- what you want to do and that's it. So how do you find those people? Uh, how, what's that process for you? Nothing stays buried forever, especially not the past. Yesterday is Not Yet Gone, a mystery novel by Gabriel Vega, host of the Very Creative Podcast, available now, paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now. So how do you find those people? Uh, how, what's that process for you? Um, I'm very fortunate as, as before I even bring in somebody onto the show, we just like to have a meet and greet and just speak generally. You know, we'll go to a coffee shop or, mm. and I'm talking pre-COVID days. <laughs> you go there. <laughs> yeah, pre-COVID. And, and just get to, get to know them, get a feel from them, you know, where they're coming from. And... Uh, But I, that's a very interesting point you mentioned is that you do have a vision. Sometimes you do have to stick to your vision, but also you must be prepared to listen to other people Yeah. and, and, and see, because sometimes, you know, just that little bit of extra thing will just make your project even better. Yeah. But you have to be, I've learned. So I remember when I worked with uh, Natasha, I, 
because I I'm a mature woman. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that, yeah. you know. And she was in her twenties and she was young. And I remember her said to me, "said Wow, it, it's it was so great to work with you because you were so open minded and flexible." And that's what I know. I know a lot of uh, older people can be stuck in their ways, mm. but I think when when you're doing a project, keep an open mind and listen to people. But yeah. ultimately, you as a producer have to make the decision. And I would strongly say, go with your gut. Yeah. So let's talk about your project, uh, Pink Is In. Um, yeah. I want to go back to the beginning of it. How? Because I, I read in the article that you were watching a, a, a show. I don't remember what it is. Uh, but you, you, you had in mind also Orange Is the New Black and other shows like that. And you specifically wanted this to be a comedy. Uh, just yeah. a comedy. So talk about a bit about the origin of it. I got the memo. I can barely keep the prison functioning. What is happening? More budget cuts. This isn't going to be easy. You know how we operate. It's got to be done. In return, I'm going to need a kick. Thought you'd like that. Come on, it's not that bad. Right? No, that's bad. It's like running away from home. Who's going to want to leave chats with? It's a fun hang. Well, um, I think every filmmaker's dream or actress in this, they said, oh, they'd love to get on a series that goes for a good few years. That's everybody's dream. Yeah. You know? And um, I was on a show called New Eden. Uh, it was filmed in Hamilton, and it was a show with for Crave. It was a comedy. And I had to play a prisoner, and I had to play the sort of muscle. They put all tattoos on me. And a friend of mine, Caroline, she was playing one of the prison guards in the show. And I had to intimidate one of the leads. And I had so much fun. When we wrapped, I went up to Caroline and I said, you know what? We have mm. to do a prison comedy. I said, there is Orange is the New Black right. and Wordsworth from Australia. But they all dramas. I said, we should do uh, comedy. So I had this idea and I said, eventually, I think it was about a month later, We went down to a coffee shop and we sat down and we hammered out and said, okay, what kind of characters do you want? But the idea I already had of the show, it must be a poorly run uh, prison, a privately run prison that that this warden has to think of these creative ways to stay afloat. So we came up with all these characters and, and, uh, and then we got uh, one of the parts. We said, okay, we need this CEO. And we said, oh, this friend of Kim, I just met this guy, Kim, a really great guy. And then, then he was a writer. He was a comedy writer. So we brought him in as well. And uh, my friend, Aaron, that the, that I had done the project with, he was just about to leave Hamilton. Mm. And um, he actually, he said, you know, I'm heading off to LA or, or Vancouver. And I said, well, let me tell you this. I'm working on two projects. Yeah, ancient pinkers in. There's another project I'm I'm in the works. Uh, yeah. As well, by the way, uh, you're you're not talking about the musical Hamilton. You're talking about the city Hamilton. The city Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton. Just make it yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he said to me, "No, he was just. My, I want to direct this. I want to direct it." So we got on. So what I did is with Actra, you can have what is called the Actra Co-op. So I I worked with all these fabulous people on set, and everybody had the dream. So I said, you know. Let's put together uh, a teaser of the show. And we got these people, great bunch of people. Um, there's just too many names to mention everybody. Yeah. 
we came together and we had this woman who was going to play the the warden and she couldn't get time off work to come in so i had just recently met Darren and I knew he was uh, from the theater and I called him up and I said, you know, we need a warden for this, uh, you know, explained road within 15 minutes, he had connected Ellie Ray Hennessy with us, a renowned Canadian actress and voiceover. Um, She does my little pony and she just loved it. And she said, no, she's willing to come and get involved. So we created this uh, teaser. We shot it on the 14th of December, 2019 and we prepared it we we got the teaser ready uh, i think it was february we had a, a private screening with that and then it was also a private screening of the film digging up dorothy uh, darren's film and then i said i was so determined i said i'm going to do this i said by march i want to get a deal for this but what happened in march well, <laughs> COVID. COVID yeah. You know, and 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 Gina and I got married actually March 17th. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. And it was just six of my closest friends and it's the yeah. people involved in Pinker's in that were there. So we drove, she's from PI. We drove there because uh, it was she needed to get back to the kids. And we got there and we we're sitting. So I contacted um we started pitching the show. So I contacted Kim and Carol and I said, you know what? We're in lockdown. Let's make use of this time. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people were feeling just emotionally down. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people were suffering mental issues, you know, with the lockdown. But I said, let's keep our minds occupied. Let's let's prepare the script so if we do get picked up at the end of COVID, we're ready. And we did this and we I started pitching to people. And then it was in June, I got a phone call. I was funny enough on the phone to Caroline and Kim at the moment, and Belle was on the phone. I said, I have to take this. <laughs> he said, uh, we would like to go forward with the, your show. And I said, oh, my God. I said, wow, it was it was such a surreal moment. And I got hold of Darren and Aaron. And I said, you know, we have to, we got the green lit. So I flew back to Hamilton. Wow. And we were hope, waiting for that moment for things to open up again. Yeah. And it was... Um, it was, yeah, I came, we were setting up and then we had this little window to shoot the film, uh, which was in September. We we had Hamilton Film Studio, which happens to have two jail cells, which was perfect. Um, one of the biggest, toughest things was to try and raise the money because they only gave a portion of the funds. So we had to come up with that. And that's where, so thankful that we had uh, people amongst us. We all put in money towards it because we all believed in the project and Gina was a big help. Uh, financially back in the show so we did the four episodes and we had that little window and we casted we i realized we need to get some really good good actors involved and we casted uh actors uh with a lot obviously we had ellie ray hennessy bought in trish which trish was involved yeah. in the arts they're all season. awesome by the way uh, i watched the show uh this morning and last night and amazing like it, it, <laughs> thank you they're all yeah, we awesome got, John Welch, uh, we had um, Eileen Lee, Victoria Kushner, and a, a, a new up-and-coming actress, uh, Hannah Tiamat. Uh, she had, I knew her mother, and her mother said, hey, if there's anything, and what, oh, she, she's brilliant. She plays Tiffany Fluffer. Yeah. 
So we got all these people together and and along with the people from the teaser, we, we shot it. Um, we were on such a tight budget, such a tight schedule. But I'll tell you what, we did it. Right. It was amazing. Everybody was so happy to be back on set after that. Yeah, I'm sure. And we we did it. We we pushed it, and uh, we managed to deliver it um, in in uh, December, and then January 11th it came out, and wow, now it's failed. That's amazing. So, talk a bit about. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about the the COVID officer and the shooting during COVID, but what describe a little bit for people what is it like shooting during COVID? You know, we were this was um, we were still in the early stages, so there was it was a bit of uncharted waters. waters yeah. We had. yeah, because of COVID, we couldn't have rehearsals, so we had to just rely on people bringing their A game, in, and I have to say, they all did. Um, so yeah, we had to get a COVID officer that had to be at the door. We had to have a questionnaire. Uh, we had to come up with our our, uh, our own sort of protocol. Luckily, we brought on uh, Rebecca Heron as our executive producer as well. That she's been a really great help. And her and Trish were actually shooting a, a show up north, and they went through. Yeah. The so she was able to share their documentation, and so we adjusted. So we had to have, we had to get all our PPE equipment. Um, we had the COVID officer that does the check. Everybody's temperature was checked um, every day. We really had to play it safe. We had to do social distance. People had to wear the mask and screen. Um, we had to have a very skeleton crew. Yeah. COVID, you were, I think then you couldn't have more than 50 people on set. Right. And what was remarkable about our show, even though it was a very uh, small budget, we had 26 cast members on the show. Uh, so we did have a lot of people, and there was a day yeah, we lot. Yeah. everybody there plus a crew. So we really had to work on a tight. Um, but you know what? We got through it. Yeah. You know, and, and we one of my biggest worries during that is, oh, we're going to get shut down and we're going to get cut off. And we did what you referred to as block shooting. We right. didn't buy episode. Um, so I was really worried. And it's like we had so many days to shoot in the studio. And then the rest of the days, were out. I said, let's just get to the finish the studio days. Yeah. Uh, at least we can piece together at least episode one. Uh, but you know what? We managed to pull it off. We we got it all done. Uh, we had such a great editor, Kat. Pat Senior, she's uh, worked with from MTV. What a brilliant editor, you know, and, and just what she brought to the show, which was so, so valuable. Uh, I mean, she chose the music. Right. And, and and now we finally get in some really great reviews and it's... Um, it's it's great to see it happen. It's fulfilling, right? It's uh, Yes. It must be the greatest feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so nothing happened with COVID. You were all all good. It was a miracle. We are, we, it was good, you know. Um, you know, we had a little few scares here and there. And there was okay, yeah. Thing, you know, you had to be so cautious. If somebody's uh, relative had a, had a temperature, we had to just, <laughs> okay, please don't come to set. We just didn't want to take any chances. Right. So, but but you know what? We all got through it. Nobody had COVID. We, we got it done. Um but but like they say, with production, especially in Ontario, 
the productions are one of the leaders in the way they control because now on set you have to do a COVID test before you get onto set. Right. So the the film industry is actually leading the way in in protocol COVID protocol. Yeah. So uh, also you were acting in your show. What was that mm -hmm. like? Acting in your own material was it fulfilling? Was it uh, scary at times because it, it was you? And uh, uh, w was it all of that? Talk about it. Yeah, I, I have a small role. I play Nezrenko, who is actually Top Dog's muscle. She's Russian, right? She's Russian. Yeah, yeah that's great. I remember Kim wrote out this idea, and she he put in a few names and. And character, and I liked the way he mentioned Nezrenko, Russian. I said, oh, because I was, I was actually playing a Russian. There was no lines in it, but I actually played a Russian woman on Umbrella Academy. Yeah, that's what I, was one of my questions. <laughs> you, yeah, so so I thought, okay, I would play around. So I would I would think of uh, one of the women that stood out to me with a Russian accent was actually from um, Orange is New Black is Red. She's the one that runs the kitchen. And that's how I, I used to listen to her try and pick up. Her accents, I protect Nikki, you know, I, I sort of playing with that. Yeah, yeah. And when I say, I said, Kim, this is the one, I'll do this. So we'd use that. And um, it was a little bit difficult because being the producer, there was so many things going on um, yeah. on set because as a producer, as like uh, Kim says, you know, one of your jobs is putting out all the fires. Right. Maybe you have a problem, you have to be onto it. Right. Sort out uh, these the, and, and work at it. And then it was like, okay, uh, Lisa, your scenes are on. I thought, I'm going to get my lines ready, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, boom, putting this jumpsuit on right. and set and, and do uh, do the things. So uh, luckily it's not a big, big role yeah. uh, uh, in, in the show. But yeah, it was... It was a little bit tricky at times because you you being the producer and now all of a sudden you have to get into that mindset yeah. of, of performing. And it was like tough because sometimes you've got little problems that you're dealing with and it's in your head and you have to try and remove right. those thoughts and just focus on on the scene. But, yeah. uh, you know, we did it. But it, it is... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've just said to them that that you know, I my focus is in producing, and if right. if mm. my role gets diminished or we need yeah. to bring somebody, I'm really open to that. But also, when when you're on screen, it's uh, it's kind of it, it's you that they see. You know, it's a it's something that that uh, you have really. Even if you're seen or short, you have to to focus uh, your energy mm. into that to to make it great. You know. Yeah, you know, the, and that's the interesting with, with, and that's what I love about film Yeah, compared to, because you have the stage actors and, and I never went, I was invited to audition for a stage play. Mm. And, you know, I don't know if I'd like that having to do the same every day, but I spoke to, to actors in, from theatre and they say they feed off the audience. Yeah. But what I like about film is you get to shoot. If you make a mistake, you can redo it. But once it's captured, it lives on forever. Yeah. You know, so there'll become a day when we all get and gone. But you know what? That show will still be out there. Right. And uh, once you get all the actors on set, uh, was the chemistry inst instantaneous? Because it's really like you see all of them on screen and you're like, 
oh, this is a really great group of people and they all match. And it's uh, so how how was that like? Oh, that was so magical. We we even felt it when we got the teaser. You know, we we shot the teaser and everybody was comment. There's something about Pinkerson. They felt it. Yeah. I remember uh, with Ellie and I was so thankful that she got the time to come out. And, and one of the best, I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better person to play the warden. And I remember hugging her goodbye and she said to me, you know, Lisa, I got a feeling this is going to go somewhere. And I had the chills, you know. And, and even like Trish was saying, she feels it. Everybody was feeling it. So when it came yeah. to set, that magic feeling just, it was there. And as I said, from the cast and crew, everybody wanted to be involved. Everybody mm-hmm. that was there um, wanted to be there. And it was just a magical moment. And what I always say to them, as I said, you know, we are a family. I always say to them, and I said, and I said this in Deaf Game, I said, this is not my show. This is our show. And that's the most important thing that everybody has to realize. It's a collaboration. Everybody yeah. is important from the PAs all the way up to your stars and producers and your production team. Everybody's important part of the production and you need people to work. But uh, I love, and, and we, we so looking forward to um, getting picked up by one of the other bigger networks. We do have a distributor in a Canadian distributor and a US distributor. Right. We're hard on the show. So we want to be back. And 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 we I remember somebody says says, oh, I'm predicting five seasons. And I said, no, I'm predicting eight. Yeah. Do you have a plan for eight family. seasons? Yes, we have. Uh, we've actually got uh, the next seasons all written. Um, wow. And we're going to be introducing uh, some very interesting other characters as well. Oh, awesome. uh, so we want to go there. And we are family. It's the Pinkers in family. And that's what we are. Yeah. Um, something you mentioned, because uh, we were talking about the actors. When I was interviewing Trish, there was like uh, Trish Renoni, who was on the podcast, who's on your show. Uh, she she. She had this park sparkle in her eye, like when she was talking about Pink is in. Mm. Like uh, I didn't know much about it when, when I interviewed her, and I I just but I just saw something. So like now that I think back, it's so magical. Like the she was so excited about it, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. No, it is. Uh, Trish has been amazing. You know, I I remember when um, I actually. Uh, got to meet her, but we didn't really connect. She had a red carpet event for yeah. um, her show, My Roommates and Escort. And I remember they did a brilliant uh, thing that they said, if you watch the show and you share it, we'll re- invite you to the red carpet event. And I did everything because I, I wanted to start networking. So I got there. I had a photo. Uh, we had a photo taken um, uh, with her and I can actually share that. I'll send you that picture. Awesome. I'll put it up. With her and Katie Almond, we, we had the photo taken. We never really got to end, but it was actually on Umbrella Academy. And um, she was playing one of the swimmers uh, into the opening scene yeah. of Umbrella Academy. And I was the, um, I had to play the booth lady. Right. Uh, there. So she was in and out of the pool that day. And I remember we were sitting in the locker room and this woman appeared and I said, wow, who's this, this woman? And, and I said, I recognize. And she just started talking. Yeah. And then I said, are you Trish from the show? And she says, yes. And we just hit it off. 
You know, yeah. we just headed off. I remember, and, and I remember that day looking at it and saying, wow, why isn't this woman a star? There was just something about Trish. Right. Trish is so beautiful on the outside and inside. And what an amazing person. And we stayed in contact a while. And I remember her saying, you know, one of these days, we'll hopefully we can work together. That's great. And when Pinker's in, idea, she was one of my first people I thought of. You know, I said, you know, I want Trish in the show. And I said, you know what? I want her to play Top Dog. Yeah. She's done such amazing really. I think she's going to go a long way, Trish, to be really honest. Uh, I know she's also getting into producing, directing and things. Yeah. Like she's, she's really amazing. Yeah, I agree. She, she, there's something in her. To, it, it, it feels like she's going to be a star. Uh, uh, and yeah. And also, uh, yeah, uh, we talked a bit about uh, producing our own work and because uh, I, I envy that and I, I love doing that. And that's why I started this podcast. I, I, I love doing mm. my own thing and having control uh, and writing a novel, you know, it, it's uh, and you, you seem to be doing the same thing, creating your own stuff. And it's so fulfilling. It's talk a bit about that. No, no, it, 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 it is, uh, you know, one of the things um, I've learned and, and uh, even my acting coach said, if you do something that mm. you're passionate about and you love, you will eventually uh, make money out of, out of it. Because I remember my acting coach says, if you're passionate and you, you give your heart and soul into something, um, and you're doing it not for the money. Eventually, the money will come. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's something that Trish and I spoke about. We're part of the starving artists. Yeah. You know, where, where some of our friends have these big high-end jobs. they got the family. they got the big cars, the big houses. And, yeah, the, yeah, we are struggling. I mean, when I I was living in Niagara Falls at the moment, and I said, you know, I want to pursue this. And I, I sold my house. I had a Indian business. I sold it. I moved to Hamilton. Wow. I said, I'm all in. And it's been a, it's been a struggle. It's not been easy financially, yeah. you know, making anything. But you know what? I've been happy. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the important the most, part, right? That is so important. Yeah. Uh, I always say to people, like I remember I had a friend says, Elisa, you're always happy. Uh, what is your secret? I said, you just have to be your true self, mm. you know, and, and then <laughs> you'll find unconditional happiness and doing something you love. And it's also healthy. Yeah. You know? and, and, and it's been a struggle, but we do see a light in the end of the tunnel. You know, uh, what I, my goal is I just, I don't want to become a millionaire. I just want to be able to do what I love making film and, yeah. and, 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 be able to pay my bills and live a comfortable life. And that's, that's all I'm, I'm really fighting yeah. for. Yeah. It, it's hard. Sometimes uh, I speak for, for myself, uh, cause I, I consider myself really happy because I'm doing what I, I love to do, you know? And, uh, I, mm. I, I only want to do that because I've tried the other stuff and I wasn't happy. Uh, but it's, it's the the money gets into your head sometimes and you're like, mm. yeah, I don't want to be rich, but I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's you want to be able to do everything you, you want to do. Uh, uh, yeah. But you have to remember also, are you happy right now? And I am. Yeah. And unfortunately, you do have to pay your bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That is that is a tough thing that you do. Yeah, exactly. To, That's why it's crawling do, her head. Yeah, yeah, do that. But I will tell you this: um, I think you will have success. 
Um, because you are doing what you you love, and uh, I'm, I'm seeing you getting gr- really great guests on the show, yeah. so uh, I think you will grow. And I'm wishing you all the best, and 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 uh, hopefully, when you really one of the big big podcasters, hopefully <laughs> you remember us and invite us back on the show. I, know, I will remember you. Uh, yeah, more than remember you. You're you're great. Um, do you want to bit talk about what? Has it been like to uh, be in a transgender uh, person in this industry? Uh, what's the biggest misconception? What you liked? Would you like people or the industry to change about it? What, what is it? Nothing stays buried forever, especially not the past. Yesterday is not yet gone. A mystery novel by Gabriel Vega host of the Very Creative Podcast. Available now. Paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now. Yeah, what I've found is, you know, Hollywood, I'd listen to the Oscars and you'd hear these big stars get on stage and they'd say, oh, this whole there has to be inclusivity, this and that. And I'd, I'd look in and I'd say, there's still not inclusivity. I've, I've been on set, I'm I've come across some really transphobic people. And right. as I said, in, in my instance, when they did want a transgender person, they looked at me and said, oh, you look just too much like a woman. Um, and then yeah. that's the we- female roles. I was denied them because I'm transgender. And that's why I decided to, to do some of my own work. And, you know, one of the things we're proud about our company is um, we go on the, the slogan creative creativity through diversity. We like to include all people. Uh, And that's something that I want to do do with our work. I said, not everybody has to be the super beautiful Hollywood star pinup model, you know. I want to give everybody a chance, you know, Um, just average day people. And that's something, and there is slowly um, change. I was just, uh, I was on an interview uh, with somebody from, ET Canada and they were asking the same question and just discussing that there is like I have to say in the probably the last year there's really been a change to to Mm. start to them there are more and more uh, roles for transgender people coming and non-binary so so there is it's taken a while but I mean unfortunately there are still people out there who are homophobic and transphobic You know, and but one of the things what we've adapted to our show is we're not making it an issue about the people uh, playing transgender. Like, I mean, we have in our show, we have two transgender people, myself being one of them. We have a non binary actress, we have genderqueer, uh, straight, bisexual people in our show. And uh, we're not making an issue on it, we just happen to be that role is played by a transgender person. So so hopefully there will be other product uh, companies, um, productions that will follow suit, but I'm hoping that it will change. My people will, on the question on transgender, some people would question me and they say, well, after your surgery and you, and the, wouldn't you want to just keep quiet and just blend in, try and blend in? And I said, yeah, I, I, I'd like to, but... The reason I'm open mm. about who I am, I, there's a few reasons. The first reason is actually safety, believe it or not. 
because what I've found is if you don't tell people you're transgender and you meet somebody and then all of a sudden they found it, it can be turning to a very violent situation. Right. Unpleasant experiences, uh, uh, not too many, but I have had where people who've been so friendly to me and then all of a sudden they find I'm transgender and their attitude towards me changes. Um, one of the other reasons I like to do it is I like uh, to people to get to know me. You know, we're not freaks. We're only human. Right. Um, and and I, and I like to inspire other people. And, and I think that's what we just had a meeting uh, yesterday with ACTRA because I want to do an article on us. And, and they just loved what we've done we, because we are a bit of the underdog story, giving people the chance. And, um, you know, I want to inspire that people can see and say, hey, if if she's doing it, I can do it. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping, uh, you know, I'm hoping that people, um, you know, don't be hesitant and, and don't let uh, it put you down of, of who you are. And, and as I said, I like people to meet me and, and they can talk to me. And uh, I've actually changed a lot of people's perspective over the years. Right. You know, I, I also wrote a book on my transition. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just want people to know about the struggles we have. And as I say, we're not freaks, we're only human. Right. Yeah. And we, we talked about being <laughs> our true selves and being happy. Mm. And people should look at that more than just being judgmental and not understanding mm. and just feeling like it's freakish or whatever yeah. they're thinking of, you know? Um, mm. Yeah. Always with everything. It's yeah. always about being your true self and finding your exactly. happiness. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and you know what? And, and I keep saying to people, um, when you are your true self, you know, when I decided, because uh, uh, I've got a thing about the number 17, because I started my transition yeah. On the 17, I was at the therapist, and, and then that's when she said to me, you know, Lisa, you've been, because I was dealing with the struggle, she said to me, you know, you've been preparing for this all your life. And when I made that decision to proceed, believe me, I, this happiness, right. I wanted to go up on the mountaintop and just shout out, I am Bali me, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, finally. And, and yeah, it, you will. And, and I know there's a lot of people out there. They they're afraid to come out, whether they're gay or or whether they transgender or non-binary, or whatever. And they're afraid to come out. But I'll tell you this: when you do make that step, you'll find that you're just going to have this this weight on your shoulders, just going to lift, and and you're going to feel such true happiness. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> this has been fantastic. Um, uh, before we uh, move on to our game, uh, I always talk about anxiety and mental health because I think it's important also yes. to talk about. Um, so talk a bit about that. How do you deal with it? Uh, and uh, what do you do to, to ease that uh, anxiety in you? Because we all have that. It's yeah, okay. we do. It's, uh, you know, that's why I actually did my... Uh, first film it was what if at first i didn't want to make it about me but we ended up filming and then we had one take we ended up using that take because i myself um, back in south africa i was working in a place called sun city uh which was a resort built in this old 
volcano was one of the casino places and I, I was struggling and um, I actually came very close to to ending my life and I had right. a husband at that time and and I went to, I, I was at that level where I was just feeling that I, I actually got to the point where I just cocked the pistol I was about to wow. shoot myself I had all I had to do was pull the trigger and that's what what if was about and the reason I did that um, uh, was because it was a very life-changing moment for me right and 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 I, and I look back, and this is probably maybe 35 years ago that it happened, probably uh, 30 years ago. And I realized, had I pulled the trigger, all this life I'd lived up to this moment would not have happened. And I always say to people, give life a chance. You know, it, it's... Um, I know people ask me how we all have our struggles, and one of the things that I say is keep your mind occupied if you are dealing with members and don't be afraid to reach out and get yeah. help. You know, it, it, help it's, is really important. Help is important. And, and uh, I, I the was the right help, the right help. Right help. And I always wondered why this, and uh, because I grew up in the Southern hemisphere, yeah. lived in South Africa, and then I lived in the Caribbean and I noticed People there didn't have so much. Like when I came to Canada, I realized so much depression. You know, I, I lost my first partner to suicide, by the way. Wow. And, um, you know, and, and that was also why inspired me. And I never understood it. Uh, when I was with her for 20 years, I never really understood. It was only after her death that I really understood, understood that. And I remember there was, uh, there was a radio show after her death. And a guy, I think by name of John Tesh, I think it was. And he he made a simple, simple comment about people who deal with, um, you know, mental issue or suicidal is just go to them and say, I don't want you to die. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and just to be people to feel that, hey, and then that's a simple, apparently that's a simple phrase you tell, you can tell somebody and you can save a life. So it is, it, it, mental issues is, is a struggle, but I, I I don't have all the solutions for it. But just for myself, um, how I deal with it, I keep myself busy. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing all that. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate your openness. And that was great advice too. Um, so thank you again. Um, and um all right, so let's play our, our feel-good game. Um, okay. <laughs> so um, what's your feel-good film? Something that you just put on to make you feel good. I I love comedies. You know, if, if I ever had to choose, um, if they said to me, you can only choose one genre, I would choose comedy because I'd rather mm-hmm. laugh than cry. Um, I've had shows like, Seinfeld, I've watched it so many times. If I see it on, I'll, I'll rewatch it yeah. <laughs> because uh, it is. Um, so that is, is one of my favorite films. My favorite films, I know this is might sound a bit strange, it was actually Grease, right? And, and it was, a, it is a feel good movie, yeah. so yeah. Why? What does it uh, do for, for you when you watch it? I, you know, I always question myself about that. And I think uh, part of it, it was a character, Sandy, 
and how she transitioned from one to the other. Maybe I think that's something record with me. And uh, uh, I remember I, I watched, I think it's the film I've watched. I probably watched it about between 20 and 30 times. Right. I almost know words, the words of this, the, the, the song. I remember I used to, uh, I don't know, I can't remember if karaoke had came out then, but I remember I would record myself singing with, with Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. No, I, I love that film. I, I just found out that I didn't know this because I've watched it so many times. My mom showed it to me when when I was young and she she was uh, she loved that film. Uh, and I just found out from my best friend that uh, apparently John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John died in the beginning. And that's the, the that's a whole dream sequence of. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Apparently that's the the thing. Yeah. Hmm. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, so uh, so you, you said uh, Seinfeld for your TV show, Feel Good TV show? I, I would say uh, Seinfeld. I have yeah. many. You know, I would definitely say that The Office is another one that uh, I can really right. watch and, and laugh about that as well. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there are some really great uh, uh comedies out there there's baroness von sketch right. uh, there's Jits creek there's there's so many good comedies. and actually another one is um Shit's creek, working, yeah. moms, working moms i love that because they were also starting to push the boundaries a bit that's that's also a great show yeah great um what's your feel good song feel good song i I I like a variety of song. It's very. Uh, I love. I, I just out of head maybe imagine. Uh, by by. John Lennon. John Lennon, you know yeah. that could be one of them. That's good. And so uh, I do like. I do love my sort of rock, music, yeah. but but I would say yeah, but I'm also a sucker for love songs. Yeah, what kind of rock are we talking? It made some songs. Uh, or artists. Like um, artists like Journey. Um, oh, amazing! Yeah, I work with Bob Bob Dylan, uh, 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 Queen. I was very fortunate to see Queen right when they were actually performing at at, oh, wow. at the time uh, when I started working, and so it's them. Um, uh, Oh, that's that's great. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's all great. <laughs> yeah. I love all of those. Uh, well, is there anything you want to plug beside Pink Is In that we? Uh, uh, where can people watch it? And is there anything else you want to plug? It it's available now on Bell Five TV One, um, which it, which they have exclusivity for thirty days. Right. We're really hoping that uh, one of the other networks are going to pick up the show and also back us. Uh, uh, for season two so um, everybody is so positive about the show that they feel it is going to go somewhere so we're just going to see uh where we're going to end up with the show and i'm very confident we will and yeah. you know, we proudly are a canadian show yeah is that important for you uh yes i think it is because you know um I remember when I came to Canada, a lot of some, some people say, oh, I don't watch Canadian TV, I only watch American. 
but but the and if you look at a lot of our top comedians in Canada, they all went to the states, right? And um, so why not? Uh, but then uh, shows like Shit Creek have done so well in the United States. Yeah, you know, I, I think even Working Moms is, is now airing in the states. So uh, we we have really great uh, uh, cast and crew here in Canada. So why not? Uh, you know. Yeah. And all the American shows get shot here anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Vancouver or Toronto. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's so interesting. And uh, yeah, I applaud you for that because it's hard making something uh, in Canada that is uh, going to catch uh, uh, the world, you know? Uh, yeah. Is, is that your, your, your hope? I, I'm sure it is. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I, I want us to be a show, especially come, staying, coming from Hamilton, Ontario, you know, we're so proud to be a local show. Everything's more Toronto-based, but being coming from a Hamilton, you know, we've got such a beautiful city. Uh, uh, a lot of productions are filming here because of what we can offer. You know, we have places that can resemble the United States. We, we're very good for time period pieces, you know, films like Murder Mysteries. Uh, so we we Hamilton offers such great and when we did Pinkers in we had a lot of good local support. I mean we had about fifteen different uh, right. local companies that actually supported us and sponsored us. Wow, well people can watch Pinkers in on Belfire yes, TV. TV one, yeah. What? Yeah. And hopefully next month it might be on another broadcaster. Yeah. Uh, so because it, the, the reason I don't have Bell 5 TV, but I, I asked my uncle, uh, if I could have his login. And, uh, so I, I, uh, I'm, I'm if so you can do that, do it because it's a fantastic show. And, uh, yeah, pink is in, uh, Lisa well, thank you. I'm so happy you got a chance to see it. And I'm yeah. just hoping more people get a chance to see it. It is a really wacky comedy, you right. know, a little bit of a throwback from the F seventies, eighties style comedy but it's uh it, it's different you know it's it's awesome well uh i hope we we talk soon again and uh thank you so much for for coming on the well, podcast and uh yeah that's it well thank you for having me thank you thank you so much have okay. a great day bye bye you've been listening to the very creative podcast with gabriel vega to find out more go to gabrielvega.com slash podcast or find us on social media at The Very Creative Podcast. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube. Just search for The Very Creative Podcast and subscribe.